Do you want to start your DIY investing journey but are intimidated by all the work involved? Passive takes care of all the tedious parts of investing. All you have to do is choose a few stocks or ETFs you want to invest in, and Passive will do the rest. Get notified when your investments need attention and place all your trades with the click of a button. You can even connect multiple accounts to Passive and manage them all in the same place. Be your family's financial superhero and get Passive. Check us out at PassivePassiv.com or click on the link in the description. I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, December 6th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Brett, we are winding down the air, so there's only a few shopping days left. Have you gotten up to any shopping? Well, you know, I, we've talked on the Peak Daily multiple times about how we encourage everyone to shop early this year due to the supply chain issues, and I did not take my own advice, and so I am now scrambling to buy all the gifts that I need. I will say, I went to the Eaton Center over the weekend, and it just wasn't as busy as I've seen in past years. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's just uh, the rise of e-commerce, or it's people still scared of COVID, but it was definitely less busy, similar to your, to your Black Friday experience. Yeah, and actually, speaking of Friday, last Friday I was downtown getting my son his first shot of Pfizer. And nice, good choice. Thank you. Yes, we, we shopped around. <laughs> uh, you know what the reward for a Pfizer shot is for a seven-year-old? What? Tim Beeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ten of them. love Tim Beeps. Oh yeah, yeah Tim Beeps for everything. <laughs> but downtown was empty for foot traffic, jammed with cars. So that is another sort of trend we're watching. I, it's just it's just a weird time right now. It's like people don't know whether to get like back to normal or how much to get back to normal or in some settings they're back to normal. It's very strange. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in the new year. And I guess it all depends on this Omicron variant, which, you know, it, people still don't know anything about. We don't know really what it is yet. Well, maybe in the new year, you and I will actually do the podcast in the room together. Never, never, Jay. <laughs> Sounds I, awful. I don't, I don't even want to I don't even want to see you in person. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Brett, aside from all of that, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, jobs are up. For our second story, DD is done, at least on the NYSE. And for our third story, the Weston sell another one. For our first story, Statistics Canada's employment data for November says the economy is heating up and jobs are plentiful in Canada. Brett, that sounds like good news. What are some of the details? Okay, so I'll break it down for you. There was 154,000 new jobs created in November, surging past analyst expectations of 38,000 new positions. Now, this is kind of interesting. By way of comparison, 210,000 jobs were created in the U.S. during the same period, so we're in pretty good shape relative to them. Now, the unemployment rate fell from 6.7% to 6%, which is just 0.3 points above pre-COVID levels. And it's a record high of 80.7% of women between the ages of 25 and 54 in the workplace. So that's kind of interesting as well. To even dig a little bit deeper, most of the new jobs created in November were in service industries like healthcare, where 44,000 new jobs were added. Hospitality jobs like restaurant servers and bartenders remain mostly unchanged in spite of large numbers of job vacancies, suggesting that employers may need to raise wages to attract those workers back to those jobs. In terms of why it's happening, Brett, a combination of pandemic savings, the holiday shopping season, low interest rates are creating high demand, all of those things, for services from consumers, and employers are hiring to respond to that demand. So, Brett, why should Peak Pals care about the latest report from StatsCan about the job numbers? Well, circling back to our intro, the economy appears to be on a pretty solid trajectory right now, but whether that continues or the recovery is derailed will depend largely on the severity of new COVID variants of concern. Which is a great name for a punk band, Brett. Yeah, we should start one. <laughs> it would be a terrible band. <laughs> hey, 
For our second story, shares in Chinese ride-hailing business Didi plunged by nearly 20% on the news that they would delist from the New York Stock Exchange and instead list on Hong Kong's exchange. DJ, what's a Didi? Well, Didi is China's largest ride-hailing company. It's basically Uber for China, and they listed on the NYSE in June at a whopping $73 billion valuation. In fact, its two biggest investors are Uber and Uber's biggest backer, SoftBank. For some context, Uber built a huge business in China and sold it to Didi in exchange for stock. But recently, the company came under fire from Chinese officials who didn't want Didi's data exposed to foreign governments or regulators, which officials thought a listing on the New York Stock Exchange might do so. In retaliation, China banned Didi from app stores, and the company's valuation has been sliding ever since. Didi also operates in a few random countries, in like Australia. I took a Didi from Melbourne Airport once, and this is literally just like Uber. But now, Didi is listing in Hong Kong, which is a market much friendlier to the Chinese Communist Party, and they're doing this in hopes to get back into the government's good graces. So, Jay, why should PeakPals care about Didi's feud with the Chinese Communist Party? The Didi case shows how business leaders and investors must now account for growing tensions between China and the West. And it's no coincidence that shares in other Chinese businesses listed on U.S. exchanges like Alibaba and Baidu also fell on the Didi news. So this is really something to watch. The Peak Daily is brought to you by our title sponsor, TELUS. TELUS is proud of their leadership to bring connectivity to as many Canadians as possible. TELUS also believes we must work urgently and collaboratively to ensure that 100% of Canadians and Indigenous peoples living in Canada, including rural Canadian and Indigenous communities, can get access to reliable, high-speed broadband networks and connectivity by 2025. Read about the rural communities TELUS has connected at telus.com slash connectingcanada. For our last story, Canada's Weston family, the owners of Loblaws, is selling British department store suffrages to a Thailand-based corporation. Brett, I know what this is because I'm super cultured and I'm a Jeremy Piven fan, but what is Selfridges? That's right, Jay. I always knew you like the finer things in life. Tea time at Selfridges. So bought by the Westons in 2003, Selfridges is a luxury department store chain with four locations in England. A good comparable is that it's like uh, even fancier Holt Renfrews, which by the way, the Westons also own. Over the past few years, the department store chain has tried to reinvent itself with a new look and brand, but it's been struggling with the same problems that every other brick and mortar retail store has, which is growing preference of consumers to shop online instead of going in stores. So once the Westons got an unsolicited bid for $6 billion to buy the whole chain, it was an offer too good to be true and kicked off a bidding process. Thailand retailing and hospitality conglomerate Central Corp won purchasing the chain for an undisclosed sum of cash. And Central Corp kind of sounds like the bad guy corporation in any of the movies like we watch. Marvel movie, yeah. <laughs> What's really interesting, though, is that analysts believe that the true value of Selfridges isn't actually the retail business itself. It's actually the real estate portfolio. Because Selfridges owns huge plots of land and some of those valuable real estate in London, which is some of the most valuable real estate in the world, and throughout England. So the company holds tons of value in just their real estate assets alone. So Brett, why should Peak Palace care about the Westons selling Selfridges? Well, they've been on a bit of a, a selling spree. In addition to the sale of their bakery operations earlier this year, the Weston family sale of Selfridges it's just another signal that they're really refocusing on all of their attention on your favorite and my favorite grocery store at Loblaws. 
Peak Palace, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, you better get out. There's only 18 more days left. So get shopping. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. (laughs) Have a good day. Yeah.